another kind of terrorism in our midst? Well, get ready to hear about it. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and you're a terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Well, today I'm going to be talking about a different kind of terrorist, and I know a lot of you are going to be saying, what? <laughs> but that's okay. I just want to make you think, and also I want to call you to action, and you'll hear about what. I'm not going to be, you know, as the terrorist therapist, I speak mostly about radical Islam and the domestic terrorists that they inspire. But today, I'm going to be talking about football players. Yes, you heard it, and you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Colin Kaepernick and the followers that he has, the other football players, who have taken to sitting or kneeling during the national anthem and disrespecting the flag and the country and us, um, and for a very, very questionable cause. Um, you know, there there have been already, and I... I tend to agree with this. Um, Black Lives Matter, I mean, the reason why he, the, that he has given for sitting and then kneeling uh, during, during the, well, it started on August 26th during an NFL preseason game. And um, he, Colin Kaepernick, is the, uh, the one, is a football player on the San Francisco 49ers team. And um, he has told reporters that he refused to uh, show pride, this is a quote, to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people. And this was to um, actually in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. And this is, the, this, is, <laughs> this is his story and he's sticking to it. Well, you know, first of all, let me say um, that police brutality has gotten totally out of control. Uh, it is especially horrendous and frequent towards um, minorities, not just blacks. I mean, in California, for example, we see a lot of it towards Hispanics as well. Um, but, you know, it has to stop. It doesn't matter whether the person is white or black or Hispanic or any other uh, ethnic background. Their police are out of control. They have got to be taught. They've got to be screened better, first of all, and to be taught other means of uh, diffusing situations besides shooting to kill. Now, I know to some degree they're taught that, but every time I talk about it with uh, someone in the police force, they um, say they, there are all these excuses, you know, like if it's a really dangerous situation, we can't just shoot their arm or shoot their leg or, you know, which I don't get, quite frankly. Um, if, if someone is carrying a knife, for example, and you shoot their leg and they fall down, they're going to be um, not going to be able to attack you. At least you're going to have time to to um, to have people <laughs> jump on them or or you know do some other tactic to um, control the situation. You don't have to shoot to kill. Whether it's a knife or a gun or whatever it is, there are other methods, and the police should be taught them. So I am certainly not a fan of what's been happening more and more, it's become an epidemic in the country, um, of, of police, police brutality. But on the other hand, there are people who have taken over the Black Lives Matter movement um, who can be, who have, you know, terrorist attitudes, so to speak, um, in the sense that 
they, well, you know, in the sense that they, um, some people are, are uh, advocating um, that, that people join their cause and fight back. That, in other words, the way to fight back is to propagate violence against the police. And, of course, you know, we've seen instances of this already where there have been police killed. And actually, you know, it's not just, I don't know if you've been following the news um, since the uh, broader occasions, the more, the, the, the occasions that made headlines where several police were killed at a time. But, you know, since then, there are these, and it's kind of kept, it's quiet in the media. It's not, uh, there, there are these other instances where instead of perhaps a whole group of Black Lives Matter people, there is one person um, who has taken it into his hands, who has been motivated by the Black Lives Matter movement to take things matters into the, yeah, the Black Lives movement, to take matters into their own hands and to uh, run into, run over police or do other kinds of violent acts towards police. And because it's only one man who might be doing this or one policeman who might be killed or one or two or three, you know, it isn't getting the same kind of attention as it did when there were several police killed. So anyhow, this um, is a kind of, of terrorism. In my, again, not the kind that I am generally referring to as the terrorist therapist, but I'm talking about this today because um, this is also an assault against our country in the same way, in this, with the same philosophy that terrorists, real terrorists, want to do. Um, they are angry at our country. They want to destroy our country. Um, you know, I, I guess you could argue that uh, Black Lives Matter people, or for that matter, Colin Kaepernick, doesn't want to destroy our whole country. But in fact, he is showing this kind of disrespect. And it is not just him, but he has already influenced other football players to do this, including on 9-11, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and he is ruining the, you know, not only convincing people to um, to act out to do the same sitting or kneeling at football games, but also he is influencing the, the fans in the stands. He's influencing people watching the game, um, you know, also to take matters into their own hands. But um, but also to you know, it's a, it's a bad. It's, it's conveying a bad feeling of disrespect to our country. And that is having a very um, deleterious effect. I mean, it's really causing people to question our flag, question our country, question the principles that our country was founded on. And that is, that is very destructive. You know why? If he wants to, if he wants to believe in, in what Black Lives Matter uh, you know, the things that they stand for, great, then do something on his own, not violent preferably, but, um, you know, go out and, and, and uh, peacefully protest against what's been happening to the police or, or peacefully try to get the police better screened or better trained. Not by, he's doing nothing by kneeling at, on a football field. I mean, that's the coward's way of trying to say something. And besides, actually, you know, it, it's outrageous that he and the football players who have copied him um, are, are doing this when, in fact, they are, they, they're spoiled brats. These football players are spoiled brats. They are, um, 
they they're making millions of dollars they have been given granted this opportunity that people long for kids across America you know dream of being an NFL football player and for them to take advantage of this of this great opportunity that he has this great position that he's gotten uh, to you know to to draw attention to himself I mean it's all just like it's a PR op and um, and it, instead of protesting, instead of kneeling, he should be kissing the ground for his good fortune to be in America and to be a, an NFL player. What other country would have he would he have had these opportunities in? So I say we say just say no to the spoiled brat football players, and um, and the, the NFL should be making them uh, either be fined um, or they, their pay should be docked, they should be given a timeout, they should be given a suspension. Um, they should, they should, yes, and I, I know, I know what you're thinking, the First Amendment, we can all do what we want, we can burn the flag, we can sit, we can, we can you know, lay down if we want. Okay, that's true, we can, but you know what? After 9-11, <laughs> that's not the thing to do. We all need to, to bond together and um, be respectful and patriotic towards America rather than, um, rather than you know, using this uh, attention as an opportunity to diss it. Now, you know, it's interesting that, um, that uh, Colin uh, Kaepernick has done this. He particularly, you know, he, he started out uh, in a very precarious place in life. He was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin to Heidi Zambransky Russo. She was a 19-year-old white woman who was single and destitute at the time, and his birth father was African-American, and he left before he was born. So his mother put her, him up for adoption. And he was adopted by this loving couple, Rick and Teresa Kaepernick. They were a white couple. They had two children, a son and a daughter, and they wanted a boy because they lost two other sons to heart defects. So Kaepernick was the youngest of these three children. He lived in Wisconsin until he was four, and then they moved to California. And he, um, he obviously, opportunities opened up for him. Um, he started playing football when he was eight. He became a quarterback at nine. Um, he played, at, uh, he played in, in sports at Pittman High School in California. And he, he was more promising as a baseball player, as a pitcher, but he wanted to play football. And uh, he played football, basketball, and baseball in his senior year, well, in high school. And he was hoping to get, even though he was offered uh, basketball scholarships or baseball scholarships, he wanted football. And finally, you know, he tried and tried to get a football scholarship, and finally he did. And he played um, football for uh, Nevada, college football. And, you know, then he got into the NFL. So, I mean, when you, when you think about where he started and where he is now and how he is using this um, to take advantage of where he's gotten to make this political statement um, rather than, you know, thanking his lucky stars for where he is, 
Um, I, th I think that that's very sad and very wrong. And um, let's, you know, just to give you a little bit of history, the Star Spangled Banner was first played by brass bands on baseball's opening day in 1862 in Brooklyn. That fits, right? Um, and then, you know, more and more games uh, started having uh, pregame festivities, marches, concerts, and the Star Spangled Banner. And they, it is the modern ritual of silently honoring the flag and um, playing the Star Spangled Banner actually starts, goes back to 1918, a game, a World Series game between the Boston Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs. And at that point, um, the ball uh, team owners um, saw the commercial advantage to combining athletic, military, and patriotic symbols and bringing veterans onto the field. So, so the Star Spangled Banner and these other patriotic rituals became um, connected to sports. And, um, it, you know, but, but the thing is that at that time when it started being played um, for games, it, in 1918, when it should, it was also being played. I mean, being pr played in the same more modern way. Um, it was also being played in lots of other places: schools, um, military services, civic society meetings and events. And um, today, the we hear it most at sporting events. So, one of the things we need to worry about and we need to do something about is. Why is the Star Spangled Banner only being played, at, or mo not only, you know, it is in other places, um, but why, why is the most frequent time or the most obvious time, um, the time that it reaches the most people, at sporting events? You know, we should also be calling for um, more patriotism, more playing of the Star Spangled Banner and, and other patriotic rituals at other events in addition to sporting events. Let me um, talk about, let me talk about what, well, actually, you know, the latest news as of today, the latest news, and this is kind of uh very interesting. It has this whole controversy has been filtering down. Um, before I go into what's happening today, I just want to say on 9/11, the 15th anniversary of 9/11 Sunday, um, there were four more players, football players, who um, knelt down. Um, that those were Arian Foster, Kenny Stills, Jelani Jenkins, and Michael Thomas. And um, they, they decided they would kneel during the anthem for the same reasons as Colin Kaepernick. And um, now the Miami Dolphins, uh, they, they were from the team, the Miami Dolphins, and now the police union is calling for a boycott of, the, of Miami Dolphins services. In other words, they uh, don't want any longer to do escorts and other services that protect the team. Now, that's an interesting way of fighting back. I mean, obviously, they, you know, the police uh, are, um, well, this whole Black Lives Matter um, has kind of had a, 
had a backlash in the sense that now police are more afraid when they see that it's a black person um, who they are chasing after, that um, that they are going to be more likely to be violent. So it really, you know, this whole thing has really backfired. Um, and if the aim is to save black lives, it really has backfired. And the people on the top, the people in the Black Lives Matter movement, um, have really not thought this out. Because if you're if you're a policeman and you're chasing a guy and you you cut you realize that he's black. I mean, of course, that's going to make you more frightened, and that's when the police are more dangerous when they when they confront someone who they're more frightened of. So, um, but this is kind of an interesting way of combating this whole uh, movement, this whole kneeling um, uh, copycat movement that's been happening. So, um, you know, I have to admit, as a, as a personal aside, um, I, not that I am the greatest, uh, not that I'm the most knowledgeable in things related to sports, but um, I never heard or I never paid attention to, in any case, Colin Kaepernick's name. And I think that that speaks for a lot of people. But now with this whole, ever since he started this, um, this controversy, you know, now everybody's talking about him. And you know what? I kind of think that's what he wanted, that it wasn't just about wanting people to pay attention to the Black Lives Matter movement, but also to him. And he apparently is on thin ice. Um, I have been hearing people who are more knowledgeable than I um, in regard to sports uh, talking about that if he does something um, else, you know, something uh, within the game or as a team member that's more easily or more traditionally um, punished, that he may well get punished in some way. Um, you know, and really it's about this. It's about the, uh, um, you know, it's about his whole starting of the kneeling craze. Um, you know, but but how, how do you think, I mean, certainly... I've gone to various uh, sporting events, and if I were in the crowd in the stadium and I saw a player disrespecting the flag and the and the national anthem, I mean that would spoil things for me. I, I go to the Hollywood Bowl a lot, and um, on various according, you know, depending upon what's what is. Um, what's there that night, but most of the times that I've gone there, actually, they do play the national anthem. And, you know, ever since 9-11, the national anthem has taken on more significance, for me, certainly, but I think for more people, when, the, when people see the flag, you know, unfortunately, it was more so the closer it was to 9-11. Now people are, you know, are forgetting um, too much. But there was this, this, this feeling, you could actually feel it, um, uh, you know, at the Hollywood Bowl. I remember thinking that, feeling that, that, um, that when, the, when, the, when the national anthem was played, that there was this kind of hush that went over the audience. I mean, yes, people were singing, but, you know, there was a, there was a, a sense of, of how much more we paid attention to it, how much more we cherished it, how much more we cherished our country. So for this to be happening, on the 50, uh, especially on the date, I mean, you know, that just, 
that was adding insult to, to injury, literally, um, for players to do this on the 15th anniversary of 9-11. That made it all the more outrageous, but it is still outrageous now as players continue to do this. Um, it is a form of terrorism. It is disrespecting our country the same way terrorists disrespect our country. And it is hurting our country um, by, by hurting people's, people's enjoyment of the ceremony and make, making people, you know, distracting people from, from the flag and from what that means and the greatness of our country and how um, we, our, our patriotism is more important now than ever. You know, it has other consequences, too. There's a story there. Uh, there have been also sort of um, isolated incidents that I've been reading about um, where kids, students, are, you know, are, I want to say, copying this, although apparently some of them started um, not uh, pledging allegiance, um, not, not singing the national anthem, you know, before this, but what do you think this, what effect do you think this is going to have on kids, kids, especially boys who idolize the football players and who want to be an NFL football player? Um, of course, it's going to make them do it. So there's this story just as an example, because there, I've been reading about stories of um, like a girl, this was before um, uh, Colin Kaepernick, but there was a girl, for example, who uh, is of American Indian descent and she um, refused to pledge allegiance because, you know, she, because of what we did to the Indians. Um, and she feels that it's betraying her people. You know, I could almost, almost um, understand that. Uh, but, but the, you know, using, using some kind of political, I mean, where is this going to end? Let's say, um, let's say Trump gets elected or Hillary gets elected. You know, half the country hates one or the other. So um, what, are, are people going to, is half the country not going to, um, to sing the national anthem or respect it or, or, or pledge allegiance? Because the candidate that didn't that they didn't want won became president. I mean, this is a very very dangerous precedent to set. No matter what you may be angry about that's happening in this country, and sure, there's a lot. What about the people who, um, you know, people who go to bed hungry? Should they not uh, respect the flag? Because you know, after all, they're in America and they're hungry. I mean, come on, this is absurd. So, as an example, I started to say there was this, this student, um, his name is Shamar, and he goes to Eisenhower High School, and he refused to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, and he's alleging that his teacher pulled him up from his chair to um, pledge allegiance, which, let me tell you, this is, uh, I can smell this a mile away. This is heading towards a lawsuit. That's where he's going. He you know, wants to claim that she pulled him up. The school is saying she did not pull him out of his seat. But in any case, um, his mother is saying that, um, that he's afraid to walk down the halls. Uh, quote, every day someone is calling him out of his name or being mean to him. He's lost a few friends. His grades have dropped. So she wants to take him out of school, and um, he, now he began sitting out the Pledge of Allegiance on August 6th, 
on August 26th to protest killings of blacks by police. Now, but, but they're trying to say that this was just hours before Colin Kaepernick um, refused to, you know, kneeled hours at that day he sat, actually. Um, but anyhow, I mean, that's kind of a coincidence. I find that hard to believe that he didn't know anything about this before it happened, or I, I don't know. There's something kind of fishy there. But anyhow, um, so apparently, you know, other kids have, have um, been teasing him about this or bullying him, according to him and his mother. Um, so, and then, and then it turns out that he, he states, he's saying that he sat through the Pledge of Allegiance during his entire freshman year at this high school and didn't have any problems. And he did that because he didn't feel like standing up. I mean, real, so, okay. So that was before Colin Kaepernick, of course, um, so now it's okay to not stand and recite the Pledge of Allegiance because you don't feel like standing up? I mean, do you see where this is going? So before I go to the bottom line, let me go to a, um, a letter. This is the Ask the Terrorist Therapist portion of the show, and I will read a letter from Anne, an email. My son goes to a predominantly black school. And this Black Lives Matter and NFL football players kneeling have really caught on. When my son salutes the flag or pledges allegiance, he is bullied by the other mostly black kids. What happened to America and what do I do? Well, Anne, you know, I think more parents are going to be asking this question too, unless we, unless we stop this before it multiplies. Um, first of all, as with any bullying, you need to start with talking to the teacher and then talking with the principal and talking with any guidance counselors or anybody in administration and keep talking to them if they don't do anything or they don't do enough. And then if still nothing happens, then call the police um, because bullying, especially if it starts to get really aggressive or violent, is something that you can call the police about. You should also participate in the PTA, talk, talk, speak out, you know, tell the rest of the parents what's been going on. And then, um, unfortunately, if none of this works, you may need to change schools, uh, which I know is easier said than done. And certainly I am not advocating um, homeschooling. I never advocate homeschooling because kids need, uh, you know, because parents don't know as much as teachers and uh, in terms of all the different subjects they need to learn. And um, also that kids need the socialization of school. So what's the bottom line to all of this? <laughs> the bottom line is that um, we need to, to speak out about uh, there being some kind of action taken by the NFL. I'm not saying that we should, I'm not saying that we should, um, you know, go against the First Amendment, and ideally, you know, in a perfect world, <laughs> these NFL players need a little therapy, uh, or need a little talking to, or a lot of talking to by their coaches, um, and reminding how lucky they are to be where they are, and how they're spoiled brats doing what they're doing for attention, 
And, um, and if none of that um, works enough, then um, we need, there needs to be consequences. Okay, yes, it's your First Amendment. You can sit or stand or lay down on the grass or whatever, but you have to have consequences. Your pay being docked or a timeout or suspension or something um, because it isn't fair to ruin it for other people and to influence kids in school to do the same thing, the kids who look up to you. And also what we need to do is to call for more patriotic rituals in more places so that it's not just left to football games. Well, I'm Dr. Carol, you're a terrorist therapist. Um, thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. And um, please think about what I just, you know, you obviously had an opinion before, before I started ranting at you, but think about all of this and do what you can do to protect the flag, the national anthem, this country, patriotism, and to remember every single day how lucky you are to live here.